Each week, we take a moment, sit down, and talk about things going on at the road in what we call the Road Detour. Hey, Road family, thanks for joining us on the Road Detour. Our guest today is Josh Sitton, and Josh kind of generational. Your grandpa, Jude, <laughs> mm-hmm. and his wife was... Ellen. Ellen. Mm-hmm. Were here years ago. They were, yeah. Uh, not long after I graduated high school, so probably like in my early 20s. Eh? And you're how old now? I am 43. I'll be 43 in so, September. So this was about the time first when I first got here, Jim yeah. and Ellen. They live right down here on the corner of the road. And, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched your knew your grandpa from when he was older but didn't have any health problems until he uh, he passed away of ALS. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gehrig's disease. Yeah, that was tough to watch. It was. It was really tough. You know, they um, grew up in, in Meadowood Baptist, where I, where I grew up. And um, when Granddad got bad, my dad uh, built that house up the road there on Reno and, and uh, Henny, and with a little mother-in-law suite, uh-huh. and, and moved them both in so they could take care of Granddad because he deteriorated, deteriorated pretty quickly. Right. So, which was hard to see because he was probably one of the hardest working, you know, guys that I think I've probably ever known. You know, so. To see him go and, and not be able to do anything was was pretty tough, pretty tough on dad. So And your mom and dad were here? Uh that was my dad and his wife at the okay. time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you got you ended up here. Yeah. So I, I, I visited a few times back back then, you know, with, with dad and, and uh my grandparents, but then, you know, left for the army for a while and um left active duty and moved back to Oklahoma in two thousand eighteen. So, so tell, tell me about your military experience, because that's one of the things that I think people will find interesting. So <clears throat> I uh, was 29 and, and just felt like uh, I had a really good job in the oil field. And uh, just, I don't know, driving, actually driving home from Kentucky uh, about Christmas in uh, 2009 and just felt God call me to to join the Army. I just felt like there was more to life than, you know, making money and 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 working every day. Um, so my brother had spent five years in the 101st Airborne Division in a, a sniper section. I started talking to him about, you know, kind of what the best route was because he had a really tough time when he you got out. 101st Airborne? 101st Airborne. That's Fort Campbell, Kentucky? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So he did two two rotations to Iraq back when Iraq was like the worst place on the planet. And uh, he had a really hard time. And I thought, you know, I don't want to have the same hard time whenever I eventually get out. So I wanted to to take a route in the Army that would set me up for maybe a, a, a civilian uh, career. Yeah. And so he <clears throat> got to do some missions with uh, Special Forces over there in Iraq, Green Berets, and uh, suggested that that be the route I take. So that's what I did. I, I enlisted um, in February 2010 as a Special Forces candidate, they call it, so they'll take you right off the street. Um, and I went through infantry. They call it one station unit training. So it's basic um, training and followed right into infantry school down at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, 16 weeks total for that. And then I left my uh, infantry school barracks and went straight to airborne school, just a few miles down the road there at Fort Benning and uh, trained in jumping out of airplanes and so we did that for I think that course is three weeks or four weeks I can't remember now but finished up right before Christmas in 2010 took a bust of Fort Bragg and um, went to 
they call it Special Forces Preparation and Conditioning Course, and it's a three. That was fun. That sounds like a a, a blast. I don't know if fun would be the word <laughs> to describe it, but um, a very humbling uh, time in my life. You know, I was thirty years old. I turned thirty in basic training. I was older than all of my drill sergeants except for one. Um, so I, I had I was at an advantage to really see what was happening around me and really be able to, um, I think, surrender to the things that God was, you know, doing in my life at the time with, um, you know, just the the humbling of, you know, the mind and, and the ego. And, you know, I spent 10 years riding bulls and, and rodeoing and, and ranching. And, you know, I was kind of the guy that uh, had been beat up quite a bit, you know, by those things and just kind of had a... Uh, you know, nothing can stop me mentality. And so going into the special forces, um, so I went through that, which prepared me for the assessment and selection course, got selected uh, to be, to go into Green Beret training. And I spent two years there. I learned Spanish, spent six months in, in Spanish, went through small unit tactics where we learned, it's basically like Green Beret's version of Ranger School, um, got a lot of cultural training and unconventional warfare training and all that stuff. So um, it was a very unique opportunity that uh, really shaped not only myself as a man, as a young man, but also um, as a Christian, you know, really started to see some correlations between just the um, um, the challenges that are presented to us, you know. Um, How to overcome. Yeah, how to overcome, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, but also spiritually, uh, you know, because you get to a point where if you're a believer, um, there's really no other way to, to get through it, you know, a lot of times. So I want to go back and land on something that just keeps seeming to resurrect a theme um, in, in my life and in, in, in working with uh, young ministers and 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 developing people in that submission. Mm-hmm. You called it uh, humility. Mm-hmm. Um, so go back and tell me how how submission. What were you submitting to? What what did you learn to submit to through that process? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I think submitting to one thing that really stands out was. Uh, again, just my personality and, and what I think God was trying to show me that needed to change as a person. Uh, because when you go through that training, it's, um, you know, you have to be physically and, and mentally capable to to go through the things. It's, it's a very psychologically driven training um, methodology, right? Yeah, they, they break you down and, 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 you know, rebuild you in the way they want you type of situation. But... Um, a big part of that is peers. So after each phase, you peer reviewed right, each other, right? And it was your opportunity to say, "Hey, man, you suck at X, Y, and Z, uh, but you're really good at A, B, and C." And so it was the guys that became successful were the guys that took that. Yeah. Okay. So this and, is it. This is it. This mm-hmm. is this is exactly what I'm talking about. Is all of us need people in our life looking at us and going. Right here's where you need to work, and there are two kinds of people. There are people who can hear it for sure mm-hmm. and act on it, and there's people who ignore it, right. say it isn't true, mm-hmm. or excuse it away. Right. And the difference in where those two people go is unreal. It is. Yeah, it's night and day. 
uh, the, mm-hmm. the guys who can go, man, thank you for caring enough about me. Look at me and go, brother, check this. Right. Uh, and, and dealing with that in life versus those who go, well, it's just your opinion or, or you just don't like me. Right. Um, you know, we're in my life, I'm, I'm old. I'm past the point of whether liking you or not matters, right? <laughs> right, for is sure. that I understand this is about an end game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the the challenge of even and you go through this mm-hmm. of working with people you don't like, oh, 100%. Uh, because of what they bring to the table, yeah. man, and submitting 100%. to that whole process. So yeah. that's exactly what I, I. That's exactly where God has been teaching me some things here lately, for sure. And, and I think kind of you touched on it, you know, a, a lot of the guys. I grew up in a in a in a ranching community, right? And so pretty much everybody had the same mindset, right? We kind of had the same political views and the same, you know, religious um views and experiences and then I went into the army and it's like, "Whoa." <laughs> yeah. You know, there there's people of all different types of personalities and and backgrounds and a lot of those guys I I did not like, you know, um could not stand. Uh, but I'm probably closer <laughs> with them now than some of the the people that I was close with that you earlier had similarities in life. with, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think <clears throat> what I see kind of making that cross ref- reference spir- spiritually is that you know God calls us to be to love everybody, right, and to be uh, peacemakers, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that's been something that has that God has been showing me, you know, in, in my life recently is, you know, I went from a, a mentality that made me successful in the special operations community in the army to now that mentality doesn't really work um, in church and in everyday life as, as I'm trying to build relationships and maintain relationships and uh, coming across people that that don't like me or that I don't really care for them. And, and at this point, I don't... Ha- I don't have to get along with them, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not working in a team right. environment. Your life doesn't depend on it, right? But spiritually, God calls me uh, to like to you know love them and and pour into them and, and speak truth into them. And so, I think that mentality <clears throat> that I learned from that training and my experience in the army 100% correlates now into the relationships uh, that God is is trying to use me in. You know, and so that's good. That's really insightful. Yeah, it's. Uh, Couple of questions that we didn't prep. We didn't prep for any of this. By the way, we never. This is no. I had no of, idea what I was coming here for. <laughs> one of the cool things about the road detour is it's conversation and it's real conversation. And so, t- toughest thing you encountered in your military life? Um, oh, I would. Uh, I would. I would say at the time I was married, uh, long distance marriage, uh, because. My wife at the time had a, a son from a previous um, relationship, and we lost the custody battle. He could not move to North Carolina with this, and uh, so my wife at the time decided that she just she couldn't leave her child, and uh, I supported her in that. And so for the entire eight years, I was active duty, living at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. She lived in Oklahoma. That's tough, and uh, that was uh, that was definitely a. A struggle and something that I still um, still pray about, still work through a lot, you know, because it created a lot of time and distance for me to make a lot of uh, bad decisions. And, um, you know, kind of going through the... Okay, let me, let me pause you again. Mm-hmm. And I've known you for a while, mm-hmm. right? And I've watched you grow a lot spiritually. 
Mm-hmm. But what you're saying right now to me is some of the evidence of that growth is that, hey, uh, I've analyzed my life. I've looked at my life. Not everything about my life is perfect. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest about those things in my life mm-hmm. and and share some of those experiences so somebody somebody watching the detour mm-hmm. uh, learn some stuff from it. So I appreciate that about you, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, um... It's it's always interesting to me to see and I I think we had a little short video clip at one of the men, men's events where I spoke where I learned in, in SEER school the survival evasion resistance escape school that all special operations personnel have to go through and um it became very apparent to me how Satan um, wins isolation isolation and uh, not only isolation but he makes you think that you're the only person going through that particular situation. And, and in doing that, what it did was is it, it separated me from people that I should have been close to. Could have walked with you. I could have, yeah, could have walked with me, could have encouraged me. Well, when you step away from those people and you begin to isolate yourself, uh, you quit going to church. You quit praying, right? Quit reading your Bible. It's a, I call it the slow fade. I think I heard that somewhere sometime, maybe a, a pastor in a sermon, but the slow fade, you know, it's kind of like the the frog in in the hot the water, right? Uh-huh, frog you know, you, you turn it on, you know, real quick, he's going to jump out. But if you just turn it up in incrementally, um, he's going to cook. And that's that's exactly what I saw Satan doing in my life. Was, you know, I started feeling sorry for myself, and uh, you know, every, all my buddies that seemed like had families, and I hated hanging out with them because they were with their family and I wasn't. I joined the army because I felt like God was calling me to do it. I married my wife because I felt like that's who I was supposed to marry. And then now I can't have both. And so I got really angry at God. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I became consumed. You know, I I felt God calling me to the army to become a Green Beret, uh, which I I never did accomplish. I ended up leaving, voluntarily leaving the qualification course because we had Charlie. And uh, I knew if I went to a team, uh, because I spoke Spanish, I'd be going to seventh group down in Florida, which was five states away from Oklahoma. I'd be on in the constant training and deployment rotation. I'd never seen my daughter. And and so I left um, and um, to try and get, you know, closer to home. That never that didn't work out. I ended up staying at Bragg anyway, stayed in the special operations community, got a lot of great opportunities. But um, in retrospect, it really started the downhill the, the undoing of my spiritual life and I and I I truly did uh, <clears throat> walked for a while on the dark side as I, I like to call it and um, it it took a lot um, to bring me back from so that. what what did what did start you back um <laughs> Jessica and I actually talk about this quite a bit um I'm I, I, one of the the women that I that I met while I was in uh, North Carolina was a Christian and and um, she kind of saw what was going on. Uh, I don't know how. I truly thank God gave her some discernment and um, she uncovered the whole situation and uh, brought it all to light. Um, and <clears throat> it 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 definitely it you know we're still friends to this day. We we dated for five years um, and uh, I. I it, it may be exaggeratory, but I, I tell her, you know, I owe you my life. I, I really mm-hmm. do because um, I don't know how far I would have continued, you know, down that path. Um, so 
Um, just a lot of restoration, you know, a lot of uh, accountability, a lot of um, hard conversations. And um, were you were you in church anywhere before you got here? So I went to Mana Church uh, out there in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's a huge church. Um, Really great place to do a lot for the community, do a lot around the world. A lot of uh, the service members attend there. Uh, really enjoyed that church, uh, but I never got plugged into a small group. You know, I would, you know, I, I was saved when I was ten. I, I grew up in the church and went to all the the Falls Creeks and Super Summers and Disciple Nows. And and during that period in my life, I think it was more of just uh, it was what I did. Social know? thing. I, 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 I'm supposed to go to church every Sunday, so right. I went. You know, but. That's kind of where it stopped. Um, and, um, I mean, there, there were, you know, I, I can't say I was completely separated from God. I mean, you know, God still intervened a lot, um, it, it, you know, and I found myself, you know, cr- crying at night and, you know, breaking down and, you know, crying out to Him. And But it was, it, it never produced any long-term um, resolution. You know, it was like, I cry, I'd have a fit, you know, I knew I was sinning and in a bad place and doing, you know, where I wasn't supposed to be. And then I'd wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Do it all over again. Yeah. And not making excuses by any means, but I, I really think it was compounded by the mindset that the army was developing in me at the time, which was, you know, special operations, you're you're trained to to operate as a team. But you also have the capability to operate independently, right, when necessary. And so it was just I found myself drawing on my own doing it by knowledge, skill, and ability, you know, and you can't do that. You can't so, do that. It'll leads to destruction every time. I want to kind of draw this thing down. Tell me maybe the biggest thing God has done since you've been at the road. Oh, man. Um, you met your wife here. Yeah, I met, I met my wife here. Uh, I went on the first mission mission trip to to Mexico, which was a huge played a huge role in kind of the transition. That was a year after I moved back home, and and really kind of recentered my focus, and I was able to see. It, it was really the I think I can't say the first time, but it really opened my eyes to what God was doing and could do, you know, and, and it really reminded me of where I came from. And uh, I thought, man, you know, this is, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. You know, this is where I need to be. You're involved in our men's ministry. Yes. Got involved in the men's ministry. Um, n- not even planning to, um, you know, pastor Matthew came to church. I can't remember what year. And, um, I don't even remember how him and I started talking. I used to stand at the back before I was married. I would stand at, at the back and during the service uh, just because I didn't like sitting down. But um, And Pastor Matthew would, would walk back there, and I, he just struck up conversation, and we started talking about military things. And I don't know, a few months went by, and he had asked me to to be on his, his men's council, and, and that's where it really Took, took off. off. I promise you, it mm-hmm. did. It did. Yeah, yeah. and um, you in the Bible reading plan. Bible reading plan. Yep. In a. You if you know, don't know what the Bible reading plan is, we read as a church God's Word every day. Read the same passage. Write notes. Mm-hmm. And then we're in accountability groups. I got three going in my life. Are you in how, more than one or just one? More than one. So we got the the um, our men's Bible study table leader group that I'm in. Uh, Matt and I are in another one with a couple of guys. 
And then I think I'm in the Tuesday night. Um, Joe's group? Yeah, Joe yeah. Simeon's group, yeah. How, how just, and I'm going to put a bow on it with this, how big is the, the BRP been, the Bible reading plan? It's been huge. Uh, we talked about this actually the other morning at our, our meeting, and, um, you know, it's it, it's so multifaceted, you know. Um, and, and what's funny is going around the room talking to all those guys, everybody says it's it's changed my life. You know, and normally when people say that, you're like, okay, that's a generic yeah, answer, right? right? But it, it's it's true because there, there's so many different ways, you know, that's impacted that really the, the easiest way is to say it's changed my life. But what, what I like most about it, Jessica and I were talking about this the other day, is, you know, the story of David and Goliath. We uh, it's, it's a story you've heard since you were, you know, kid. old yeah. enough to talk. And, uh, but... I don't think I've read that story, ever actually read that story, right? It's, I've, it's always been, told, been to told to me. And so just to see how in, in my my journaling, I said, you know, I, I love how David just strolls into this camp and it just like scoffs at Goliath. You know, there was no uh, prayer or preparation or, you know, hyping up to go kill this giant. It was just like this. Another day at the park. Yeah, that's what God put me here to do, yeah. you know, and. Um, so things like that, the story going through the Bible, you just see things in more detail. You see things from a different perspective because even parts of the Bible I've read earlier in life, you know, I'm now 42, almost 43, and I have a deeper understanding and, you know, things speak to you differently. And that's good. I, I think the coolest thing for me, though, is being in those threads is seeing, you know, we call it the living word, right? It, it is the living word. And, and that, to me, never really, I can't say it didn't mean anything to me, but not until going through the BRP did it really mean something I understand. To me, which is God speaks, you could have 20 dudes in a, in a text thread, and 20 dudes are going to have a something different. different. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. If you're not in the BRP, uh, you go to our website, theroad.tv, and it, it's a splash that comes up as soon as you get there. It's one of the most important things we do. Josh, thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate you having love me you, on. Love you, man. I love it. I love and, you. I appreciate uh, it. It's great watching what God's doing in your life and it's been where awesome. you're going from here. It's been awesome. Thank you guys for joining us on the Road Detour. <laughs>